It's week 17 of Rinky Dinking, presented by Duncan, the exhaustive researcher and suddenly a lover of everyone and everything. Mike Heike is with us. Mike, how are you doing this week? Uh, I never see as, you. Uh, not as in love as I used to be. Oh, you're not. Last week, you were in love with everyone. I know. Rookie of the year, coach of the year. It was like you slugged down a whole bottle of Molly or something. I didn't know <laughs> what was going on. And also the 20-something exhausting every angle to cover the stars visually and of course us audibly and thank god it's that way and not the other way around Jeff Totes. <laughs> where are you totesy i'm here in dallas Parts actually unknown not are you to, yep how nah. was the wedding it was great it was, uh, did you catch the bouquet i did not but got a nice weekend in philadelphia and now i'm back in dallas for the Thinking rest of this road to trip philly no, I'm, I'm not at all, but <laughs> I don't know many that are <laughs> nice for 48 hours. Yeah. And uh, of course, me, the, the boy, exhausting all the avenues of podcast introductions. And all of this is leading us to the fact that our gutty stars have looked pooped, exhausted. They, they have to be exhausted. It's understandable. 36 games in 24, or 20, that'd be something else. 36 <laughs> games in 64 days. That'll do it to any athlete. And that's what they've slogged through since March 1st. And really, you'd probably call it 37 with all the overtime. And uh, I, I think with that, and with the mention of overtime, you have to state that our stars are a bit exhausting Inga. Too, which uh, uh, unfortunately brings us to another discussion of overtime. But they, they're tired, right, Mike? Yeah, like you I can think the see Nashville, it, can you not? Yeah, the Nashville game was clearly Nashville had had two or three days off. The Stars were still on their four and six trek. And I mean, you just saw during the game that they just didn't have the legs to go anymore. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, how many, how many of the guys that have been in there night in and night out that are dealing with just because you understand the nature of our sport and the pressure and uh, the nature of soft tissue issues, you know, whether it's groins or or hamstrings or glutes, although they like to pop the glutes after wins uh, and the thighs. Uh, but the man, that's a lot of hockey in a short period of time and skating and up and down. Oh my God. And every game close and intense, man. Oh man. Well, and you hear all about the lactic acid acid buildup and how they have to kind of drain that out after every game. And you're starting to swear there for a second, (laughs) a little bit. Uh, but you want, I mean, I've watched them do, you know, they get on the, the stationary bike after a game because they got to burn that stuff out. When do they have time? Like, usually you have a day of rest and your body recovers and, like, you're just sitting there thinking of all the chemistry of it all and, like, so where is this lactic acid going? It seems like it's just in there. <laughs> it's a flush. They call it yeah, the flush? I know, but it's like it's 64 days in a row. You, you don't really have time for a flush. You don't have that day off to to do whatever your body has to do to recover, to make your muscles fire the way they're supposed to fire and all that technical stuff. It, it really, like, 
physiologically, I would love to see the study of what they're going through right now and how, mm. how their bodies are responding. Mm-hmm. I, I'd talk to Jelly or somebody like that who's actually seen it and, and, and understands and is trying to pour fluids into them and all that kind of stuff. It, it really, this is something I don't think these guys have ever gone through in their careers. Not for this duration. No. You know, short tournaments or whatever, sure. But the, we talked about this, I think, in past where the, the Olympics created this. When they shorten the season or compact the season in order to fit two weeks off in the middle of the season so that the players could play in the Olympic Games, they, I mean, I remember going into that first Olympics and thinking, this is nuts. There's no way you can make these guys play every second day uh, for a season. And yet they did it, and the product, for the most part, didn't suffer that much. And I, I think the powers that be have looked at that and just went, now, this is a little bit different. It's out of necessity. Right. Uh, but back then, it was just like, no, I think they can do it. And now, you could. it seemed like you could use more players, but that's probably not true either with taxi squads and that that they have involved this year. Although the Stars haven't used very many players. They've, they've gone with the same, what was Tyler, like the 28th player they've used, I think, or 29th? Yeah. Well, in, in talking to the coaching staff, they coaching staffs want to win every game. They're only thinking about the game that night, and they want to put their best players out there. And they've had back-to-back situations where we thought, okay, well, they're going to yeah. get a couple of fresh legs yeah. on defenses, especially on defense where you you know you literally your your seven and eight could probably jump in and be you know pretty good. And they have never really done that unless there's been an injury situation. Yeah. Hmm. Trust, I guess. Hey. Just what, yeah. you, what you trust is going to get you through it. But, man, that's that's a lot of hockey. Oh, that's a lot of hockey. I commend them for putting forth what they can. But then they get into that wild one last night in Florida. Oh man, oh, man. But, it you know, whether it's a 0-0 game heading to overtime or 4-4, the outcome's the same. You know, it's like, Daddy, who did the Stars lose to in overtime tonight? <laughs> Like it, it's, and I mean, last night was, last night felt uh, like predetermined once once they're going there because you had, you had Florida who were the opposite of the Stars and that they had won the most games past regulation in the NHL this season. Uh, they now are eleven three and two. Past sixty minutes, and the Stars. This I mean, it's just I mean we've talked about it enough. It's been just rancid and lately they're doing themselves in with something that they've been just phenomenal with and that's discipline penalties i mean they went through a five game segment there with with playoff hopes hanging in the balance every night where they were only given the opposition one power play in their building and again i find it i find it incredulous that they could do what they're doing and not take penalties. I said it, uh, Bones and I had a conversation one morning about it. I'm like, I, I, I don't know how the guys have done it. Now, they, to their credit, the coaches have demanded certain things. And, you know, they, they use their legs to check. And probably Alexander Radulov not being in the lineup. is <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the only area where it's maybe helped, right? Because uh, mm-hmm. he, he just can't help himself. He takes all those hooking and reaching and 
you know, slashing fouls, just overtry fouls all the time. Whereas, you know, usually really tired teams, that's what they do. They, you know, they're behind and then they start to reach, but they've continued to play such a tremendous team game and not put themselves in those positions where they have to take a bunch of penalties. And, uh, and yet, there you go. They get into overtime in, in Nashville, take a penalty. I know they didn't score on the power play, but it was in the wake of it. They were still playing four on four. They hadn't reset the, the overtime, and boom. You know, a rush, and they slam it home. Eric Halla, of all people, right in front. Then last night, Joe Pavelski, who, of all the exhausteds, looks the most exhausted for obvious reasons, and yet he still pops another power play goal. We'll get into that in a second. But takes penalty in overtime, and they give Barkov two cracks at it, and uh, that's it. They lose an over. That was a crazy night, wasn't it, all around? With what was yeah, going I mean, on in, in Columbus? It was fun to watch from a fan standpoint. I know the outcome wasn't what you wanted, but the, the mm-hmm. intensity and mm-hmm. the edge of your couch excitement was really cool. Yep. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, one, uh, overtime is – a, an area where a team like Florida is going to excel and is going to maybe make you take a penalty because they, you know, they draw penalties very well, you know, at even strength. Um, but it's, I don't know. Like, I think uh, Pavelski had a couple of situations where it looked like he was skating in mud. Yeah. And, you know, and, and for everything he's done this year, for, just for the numbers, the points per mm-hmm. game at his age, you're just so impressed and you're right. I think, you know, uh, they were talking on bad radio this morning about 40-yard dashes and how they were testing athletes who are 40 and 50 years old and how, you know, they're down like a second, you know, which is, is natural, right? Yeah, I, mean, I heard that. That's what's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. So, so you ran a, a 4-1 when you were 25. It wasn't bad radio. Not, it was the Musers, was it not? Musers, sorry get, about that. Yeah, please. That's get my, the show get my I'm ticket on. jargon right. My God. But let's say you ran a four one four two when you were twenty five. Well, now you're running a five four five five when you're forty five, and it just makes sense. And so, as good as Joe is, and I know that skating hasn't you know been his forte throughout his career, but it's gonna wear on older players more than it is on younger players. And you know, it's just I don't know. It's you don't. You don't ever sit, want to sit there and make excuses for people and everything like that because they don't want you to make excuses mm-hmm. for them. But it's real. I mean, it, you can just see it through the television screen. That they're exhausted. Yeah, it's 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 not an excuse. It's fact. Right. And I, you know, we you go back to, and I know it's a different era in that now. But you go back to the late '90s, early aughts, and think of a guy like Geek Carbono who was around the same age. And back then, back then you could you, you could tackle a guy, and it wasn't a penalty during the game, right? Like you right. hook, hold, hang on, whatever. And even then, like Carbo didn't play the second game of back to backs because it, it was just like you know, his legs won't be there. And yeah. here Joe's been in there every single night, four and six, over and over again. I think he leads all forwards in time on ice, nineteen <laughs> something. It's amazing. Is that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. It is. But it catches up to people, you know. And uh, that, let's talk about that, though. Like, has a, a star ever led the league in power play goals? Do you know that off? Not off the hand. top of your head? No, I, I remember the year Boucher had 19. Do you not do research 19. in your world? What the hell? Well, 
I'm sorry about that. It just came out of the blue. It came out of left field from this guy I know, uh, Daryl Ray. Nobody <laughs> asked questions. No, no star has ever led the NHL in, in power play goals. I do remember Boucher having 19 goals as a defenseman, uh, which was almost unheard of, and I'm sure a bunch of those came on the power play. Yeah, but he didn't lead the league. No, I don't think so. No. I mean, that was, those were the days of Crosby. Come on. I'm trying to toss you some softballs here, Mike. Sorry anyway, that. he's got a chance to do it. That was his 13th last night. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. In a, in a started, shortened season like this. Oh, my God. Started so well and then, and then uh, has just continued on. Just blasted off. And every time you look up, you're like, who scored the power play goal? Joe. Very Joe-like last night, too, curling off yeah. the icing line and doing that. So, um, overtime, like, what? it's all we're going to talk about, aren't we, at, at the conclusion of this season, one way or the other? They're either, it's either going to be a moot point, or we're going to talk about how important it was for the Stars to get those single points and not lose in regulation, or it's just going to be, my God, all they needed was you know, two more overtime wins, a couple more shootout triumphs, and and they would have been in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think early on they were actually pretty good at it, and they just bad luck got in the way, whether that was a bar or hitting a goalie or, or you know, the other team getting a break. Um, but these these last however many, I mean, they did win a few with, with I know. making some great plays, but the last, let's say, seven or eight, they've earned those losses. they like on the year, I think they've been outshot uh, forty-two to thirty-two in overtime, and it feels that way. You know, a lot of these games where the the play is in their end, and and you know, Rick said last night, even the the Nashville one, um, they killed the penalty, but then they lost all momentum, and Nashville gained all the momentum, and you know, that's just what overtime is. It's 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 momentum and waiting for the right spot and. And getting the key guys to do it, and, and you've said it earlier. I mean, they're missing Radulov. They're missing yeah. Sagan. Th- those yeah, are guys who would, Yeah, and then even going into shootout. Like I was looking up. I think Sagan is fifty percent uh, in his career in shootouts, and Radulov is forty point five percent. I mean, that would have helped a great deal yeah. in the shootouts this year. Um, Did you, but they didn't have. Uh, it. I was going through when when they were in Nashville, because uh, I mean just look at those games and say that's where the stars are in the predicament they're in head to head with the team that they're jockeying to see whether they can get ahead of them in the final four games here. Like their two goaltenders had allowed, had allowed like two goals in shootouts. Yeah. Like that's the other part of it. Like they're guys have to score, but you don't need that many goals. If your goalies just never get beat. And that was the case with them. But it, I, I was thinking after last night's game, it feels like they have literally lost in every way possible in overtime this year. Doesn't it feel that way? I mean, they've been yeah. there so much. And and the problem with, with all of it is, I don't know whether my math's correct or not. I think it is. Like, they only have 16 wins in 52 games in regulation. Yes. Like, let that sink in for a second. Even with the overtime losses and all that, like, you, they, they haven't been able to win enough in regulation. Forget about win enough in, in uh, shootouts or, or three-on-three overtime. 
And that's been part of it. And yet, here they are, right? Still in the battle with a week to go in the regular season. <laughs> and they get a conquering hero back. God, it was good to see Tyler back in uniform and on the ice last night. And I I was shocked. I really oh, – shock's probably a little heavy. I was really surprised at how engaged he played coming back from those injuries or those surgeries. Because m- most times when a player comes back, they're – they're not they're not fully confident that it's ready to go no matter how long it's been and what the doctors say and how they've felt in practice and for a guy that had his knee done same day that I had my shoulder done that's how I bring it back to me <laughs> and uh, had the hip done which is major obviously the uh, he got right into the fight immediately now he got scored on on his first shift too <laughs> <laughs> That was like, oh, Tyler's back. We got, you know, oh. we got a uh, shot of him on the face-off and all that. <laughs> it's down in the attacking zone. This is so super. Oh, my goodness. 91 is back. Everything's getting back to normal. And then they go down on the ice and score. <laughs> it was just like, oh, how 2021 Dallas Stars that is. <laughs> and yet at the end of the game, he's the guy tying the game at four in the third period in a just shocking 11 seconds. Uh, but they can't they can't complete it. But what did you think of of Tyler jumping back into the fray? It's such a strange job. I always say that. Like it is a job, right? But it's such a strange job, and there's so much emotion tied to one your performance and two your teammates. Like it really is a family, and I think he really did want to come in there and try and help them at a time when they really needed some help, and. You know, you see that emotion. You hear him talking about how he was, you know, on the bus ride over. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's such. So he did take an, the bus? It, that's what he said. Okay. He said he took yeah. the bus over. And when he got on the bus, it, yeah. it was one of the weirdest experiences that he had. Just because he's like, it was almost this mix of nerves and, you know, emotion and excitement. And all of that, you know, just to get back into, onto the ice. And, you know, he's played, I think it's 762 games or whatever, but this one was different. And I think that's what you see in in what a professional athlete is. Uh, And we've seen it with some of the guys who've retired from here, you know, Mike Madano and those guys, just how hard it is to leave the game and how much the game means to you on a daily basis. Well, to be away from it from as long as Mm -hmm. Tyler's been away from it, that's a hard thing. And then, of course, all the physical stuff you got to do just to get back mm. in and then test yourself. Like you said, once you get in there, you know, okay, does this work? Does my knee work? Does my hip work? Can I take a hit? Yeah. Can I get back up? Um, so I, I was, yeah, it was really nice to see the smile on his face after that goal and to see his teammates just mob him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the fun part of hockey to me or any sport is that to see that joy and emotion and how much they put in just to get, you know, a little stupid frozen piece of rubber into a net. And yet it makes all the difference in the world because of just how hard that is and how hard you have to work to be able to do that. So I, I was very impressed and happy to see him back. Um, it would have been nice if he could have come back a couple of weeks ago, but Mm-hmm. Hearing hearing what he had to go through, you kind of understand now just how tip, how difficult it was. Yeah, I had pondered last night. Maybe, maybe he should have rode to the game on a white horse, swaggered <laughs> his way in, and he almost did. Yeah, right? it's it's been very arduous, I'm sure, for him to go through all that rehab for a guy that had injuries at the end of his playing days. Man, I remember that. You're not 
the tough part is you're you're still on the team, but you're not a part of wins. You're not a part of losses. You're going through all this stuff. You're hoping it pays off. Like it's there's so much uncertainty and long days and a lot of self reflection, all that stuff. But you you're right, Mike. There's a good point. You you really do realize how much you miss it when it's taken away from you, even for a short period of time. And Tyler's, Tyler, I didn't want to. Re- even mentioned this last night. He said, I didn't want to jinx him. I didn't want everybody climbing through their televisions to beat me over the head. But his run of injuries began in a game against the Florida Panthers like six years ago. Do you remember that? The Kulikov hit? Yeah. Yeah. Dmitry Kulikov with that Akula class submarine hit. He got a four game suspension. Segi was out a month. And I don't know that, I don't know that his knee was ever right after that. Man, it was a gross hit. Should have got way more than four games. Yeah. Just drop down. That's how you just end a guy's you, you end a guy that way, going for the knees. And then he had the sliced Achilles, uh, twenty sixteen. Missed the playoffs. I think he came back and played one game, did he? Yeah. In that it opening was not round. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that opening round wasn't pretty. That was against the wild, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, he had a foot injury. Was that from training? Then he couldn't play in the world cup. Yep. Okay. And then the, uh, hip injury, you know, the, the thing that we gloss over with him coming back is the fact that he played the entire bubble with that hip. (laughs) Right. Like, and he said, and he said he knew like the first day of training camp Yeah, that he'd done something wrong. Like, like think of that. Think of, he did all that. And we're sitting there going, dude, there need more from Tyler Sagan. (laughs) <laughs> and he's playing through that. And did Ben played through uh, his hip issues and won the Art Ross? Yeah. Ben, I mean, Jamie has never. I remember us asking him after the season, you know, uh, if he was going to have surgery goes for his injury. He goes, what injury? Like he will never tell us. Yeah. He just plays through it. He's just he t- yeah. sucks it up. And I, know, I think there's a, there a defense night. mechanism too, because yep. if you don't say you're injured, yep. then you must not be injured. Sure. Of course, yeah. it's and it's a mental toughness. Yeah, that is just ingrained. But I always believe, and from experience, that one injury creates potential for another because you compensate. Yeah, you know, you 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 might be playing through something, you know, and like you say, there's just there's no injury, but you your body does compensate for it to avoid the pain. It's like riding a horse, right? Horse always goes away from pressure. So if you just you put one knee into the into the side of the horse, he's going to move away from that knee, move away from pressure. Did you know that? Yeah, a little you're you're a rancher, Daryl. So I figure you, you know what you're talking about. Knowledge for you there, from the razor <laughs> boy. <laughs> anyway, it was great to see uh, great to see him in his absence and the absence of guys like Alexander Radulov. The you know you get you get opportunities as a young player, like Jason Robertson. Because of somebody else uh, not being able to go, right? Uh, and you can either f- fall flat on your face and it's like not ready yet, may never be ready, or you can seize it. And, and uh, that's what he has done and continues. He, he, he has infinitely impressed me this season. And he continues to, like, he's like a, a young tree. that There's new shoots almost every game. You know, if you think of where he started, man, 
again, let, let's stick with the tree analogy here, why don't we, <laughs> as I riff. They, so they, they take the Robertson tree and they plant it and it was struggling a little bit, right? They had to, they had to put the stick in the ground next to it, tie it so that it, it would stay upright, water it, hand water it, you know, just try to get it going. He, had to, he, he looked like he was overwhelmed a little bit at the beginning, not quite ready for prime time at this level, sits out for five games, and then he comes back after sitting in the press box and continued to, to just grow and strong, and they could remove the, the stick, the support next to it and allow him to continue to grow up and out, and he has done that has a firm grip now on the pace of the NHL, the level of, of intensity and consistency that you need. And that's that's usually the area with young players where they struggle is with the intensity thing. You know, they might have it for one game, and then they don't have it for three. And then situationally motivated, because the coach is saying you're coming out of the lineup, doesn't get better, they find it again. And it's just all over the map and up and down. And But he's been consistent, especially – at home in the early going, and now it doesn't matter where they play. He ends up on the scoreboard every night. And then in this last couple of weeks, he's added almost a power forward element to his skill game. And he's, I mean, he's not a great big 220-pound winger, uh, and yet he goes to the net, you know, pops people around and gets to the puck. Last night he saved the goal at his own net. He plays from puddle to puddle, the blue crease area to the blue crease area. And wins his battles along the boards for the puck. I mean, what what more do, would you ask for or want from a first-year player than what you've gotten and are getting from Jason Robertson? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's fun watching on TV. I, I know that's a weird thing for me to say because, you know, everybody wants to watch No, it isn't. I'm in television. I know. But so when I get to come home and watch some of these games, you guys put on – the highlight reels of Jason Robertson goals. And a lot of times I get the angle behind him and you're watching his head and how he's reading the game. And I think it was the goal where he uh, scored on his own rebound uh, or, or somebody else's rebound, but like you could just see him. He's a good. Apparently we need to do a better job on television. If you can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there were, there was a, it was a series of like five goals that he scored. So I'm getting him confused, but yeah, he was like 40 feet from the net. He saw the shot go on, and I mean, he zipped around a guy, got right in on the goalie and chipped in the rebound, and you're just like, not just great skill and speed, and you know, but the ability to read and know that, hey, the puck might just end up in this spot. And, you know, that's, it's huge. And, and you're, it's just like the, the goal he saved last night. You know, to know the puck might end up in that spot. And then just to one, yeah, be able point. to be he, in that position. And then two, great, to have great the hands anticipation. The, it's called yes. anticipation. He does. he does have great anticipation. He reads, reads the game so well for a young player. Oh, I'm just, player. I'm, I'm impressed every single game with him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good one. Yep. Way we'll go. keep him. Good one. And did you, uh, sticking with him, did you see that that came out yesterday for May? Too bad it's not a full month, but I do yeah. appreciate it from the NHL. Uh, they've recognized May as Asian and Pacific Islander month. And I bring that up because he's Filipino-American. Uh, his mother, Mercedes, was born in Manila? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, I think she was born in, in Manila. Um, but it's nice. First time they've ever done that. 
and, yeah, and then uh, his brother, obviously, they had a story, I think. Uh, up in Toronto, the, yeah. Yeah. It, it we was probably really haven't covered good. that and, enough. His brother's playing in the NHL <laughs> at the same time. But he's been on the taxi squad. He was injured. Uh, yeah. He's a little guy that can scoot. They're different players, too, eh? Oh, yeah. It, yeah it's so different. amazing he's looking at Jason. He's more a pure scorer, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a skill yeah. kid. And, and then Jason Oh, no, I know, more, but although, more look, a goal scorer than anything, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, that's his history, at least. But it's amazing, to, like, you know, so I'm up at the Prospects Tournament in, in Michigan and standing next to his dad, who's short, and his mom, who's short, and his brother, who's short, and here's Jason at 6'2 yeah. or 6'3. Well, like, it's that tree that thing again. See? It's my tree analogy. <laughs> it's a great analogy. Yeah. But I, shout out to Kim Davis at the NHL. who's done great work on uh, the diversity side, and very nice to recognize that. So good on them and good on him. Should have been in. Should have been last month when he was rookie of the month in the NHL. <laughs> that was the month. Hey, uh, speaking of hats off, not just to uh, our little rookie, but hats off to the new Duncan Sweet Cold Foam, perfect top to the Duncan Cold Brew. You can try a medium cold brew for three bucks. And remember that the Dallas Stars run on Duncan, and price and participation may vary. Our thanks to Duncan for making this happen. Uh, where do we go? Goaltending? Sure. Want to touch on goaltending or you want to – I mean, there's not much. There is, is and there you, isn't. I mean, it, it I depends on how deep you want to get in looking well, not forward. Not very. We want to touch – I said draft. touch on it, Mike. Okay, we'll just touch on it then. All right. Does Jake play all four of the final regular season games? I don't know about all four, but I'd play him at least three of them. He seems to have earned it. I mean, you, you want to go with the goalie who gives you the best chance to win. He seems like that goalie right now. Yeah. Yep. And what he did he, last night, I'm just so amazed. And, and then for him to say what he was so upset with going into Detroit and not saving that game, you know, a game that you're just like, you know, they were going to lose, right? It's not like you were going to save it, Jake. Well, he thought, well, I should have done better. I should have been yeah. better when I got in there than giving up three goals. And – you sit there and go, all right, well, then he comes and stops 27 of 28, gives him an extra point in the standings. Yeah. And just was fantastic. That overtime, he could have lost that five times, it seemed like. Well, they could have lost it. Come on, let's not heap it all on the goalie. All right, okay? that's true. Uh, <laughs> he stopped <laughs> his team from losing, let's well, say, okay. three times. That's, that's a way of phrasing it. <laughs> phrasing it. You, you know what? I, I feel... F Look, he is going to be sensational. Like, he, he really is. And what he's gone through this year, go through, is really difficult for a young goaltender who has he, – he just wants to win, right? Like, he's got a real competitive streak in him. That's obvious. And it almost reminds me of the first year of like Aikman and those guys with the Cowboys here where they had to get just pummeled and drilled, but they got through it. You know, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And he's lost, Jake's lost a ton of games on the last shot of the game. Marty Turco had to go through it in the playoffs. Remember? Yep. They get, they get into overtime in the playoffs and they were, the stars consistently were skating off the ice after the other team's last shot. And, this year, with overtime, he's had to deal with that a lot. And as a netminder, you, you do feel the weight of that because it goes on 
for the most part, it goes on your record. Whereas the winger that turned the puck over or the defenseman didn't cover his guy, he doesn't get a win or a loss on it, right? It's the team thing. So I, I think this, this is just going to be one more of those learning experiences for him. And he's come, you know, like Robertson, come a long way in a rookie season where if at the beginning of this, if you just said, you know, he's going to have as many starts as the other guy, your veteran guy who was, you know, the legend of the bubble. And I, I forget it. And he's, I mentioned it last night as, as Dobie got lifted again, you know, that's five times that he hasn't finished a game. He started and every game that Jake Ottinger has started, he's finished as a rookie. So that's pretty, that's a pretty impressive run. And he, it's not like he's had a bunch of, uh, uh, fluff ball marshmallow games too. He's had some tough ones and he's going to get another tough one or two coming up here against the defending Stanley cup champs. Uh, do you want the races going on in the, in the various divisions? There's still, isn't it amazing? Like there's still races with oh, yeah. like four or five games to go. So in the central, it's really a race for first and fourth, right? Who's going to finish first overall and who's going to get that final spot. Obviously it stars or, or the, uh, Nashville predators in Canada. It's really just the three, four true. Who plays the um, Leafs? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, I think that's fair. And and yeah, most they, of Canada they, they, wants to see, or at least Canadian television, wants to see Leafs Canadians in the first round, Montreal and them. So, but yeah, and Edmonton, Winnipeg would be fun too if, if that's what it came to. Edmonton right now. Hmm. Don't know I'd want to be playing that club. Well, Winnipeg right now. They need well, to Winnipeg's, find something. <laughs> Winnipeg's the club you want to play. I know. I'm just joking that they. I don't know that they want to play anybody right now. They no. need to get things in Connor order. Connor McDavid's going to end up with 100 points. I think. I think That's they amazing. play the Vancouver Canucks like 100 times before the end of the season, as the Canucks have to cat play catch up. Uh, all four spots in the East are still undecided, right? I mean, yes. they're all in. They've decided the right. four teams, but it's so tight they don't know where anybody's going to finish. Correct. And in the West, it looks like just the first, right? Just who's going to finish first uh, out there? Oh, really? It's an, what else? No, it's we got uh, Minnesota is yeah they've got a game. Uh, Colorado's got a game in hand. Minnesota's got se- it's seventy four, seventy two, seventy. Um, so technically, Minnesota could jump Colorado too, mm. although not, then they just end up playing each other. Um, mm. But it, I mean, I'm surprised Minnesota's that close. To those yeah, two teams because I, I thought those two would just run away. That's with it. that's the one thing I'm worried about, Michael, in this uh, Calder voting, the Rookie of the Year in the NHL, is mm-hmm. that if the stars don't get in, that that's a lot of voters are going to handicap it that way. Yeah, which would be and that's the, that's the nature of voting. I mean, it'd be criminal. You know, how many not times has, of the year. has McDavid? Not That'd be won so wrong MVP. for Rookie of the Year. Yeah, you're right about. Well, that. MVP, I get a little bit, but right. Rookie of the Year. It's just who's the best. I mean, anyway, we'll discuss again. We'll do maybe potential award winners next week, right? Yep. I think the coach. I think the coach, the Vezina, and the Selkie could all come from the Stars division this year. Yeah, you're uh, you're hearing (laughs) potentially three coaches from this division. They'd all be finalists. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't think they'll all be finalists. But all right. But well, you know, two. uh, 
two versus Tampa are coming. And isn't that something? A, a Stanley Cup final postmortem, postmortem in a way, right? If things don't go yes. well, how how absolutely eviscerating if they are eliminated in Tampa after losing to the Bolts in the Cup final like eight months earlier? I'm just hoping Vasilevsky doesn't get a shutout in that game. Well, a shutout, and I, I mean, I'd expect Patrick Maroon to be a part of the doom if that's the case, right? <laughs> yeah. Like if, yeah. Like One I'm, nothing I'm, overtime victory. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Patrick just Maroon wanna, scoring and Vasilevsky. Just want to climb down there and end him. But oh my God, <laughs> could you imagine if that's the case again? Oh, it's so I sad. I can't. I can't. What did Patrick Maroon say? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> What was he on? Uh, Spitting chicklets? It's something like that. He was like, I don't yeah, understand they why they don't just me. sign me. <laughs> it's pretty I beat funny. him every year. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, anyway, well, gang, uh, do you have anything else? No, I don't. I don't have. Come one on, more thing. one more thing. <laughs> one That's more your thing, thing hikes. Yeah, that is your thing. The one more thing. I'm out. All right, out. gang. Well, we'll either be celebrating or uh, it'll be an absolute incredulous playoff berth or we'll be and and i guess previewing a first round matchup right that would be or nice we'll be doing the old black armband potty for the 2021 trunk season next week unless mike has something else no which he doesn't all <laughs> I'm right sorry what a failure you are you may not make the pod in 2022 <laughs> that's fine with me it's up in the air what do you think totsi we move on can i can I be in the taxi squad and just rotate yeah, in? Every, yeah, we're going to move you to the taxi weeks. squad. I love we'll some elevate tough, someone. tough off-season decisions to make for the pod. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hi, Saad. Welcome to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> He's riding high right now. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to another Rinky Dinking presentation presented by Duncan. And remember, everyone, mothers love coffee. Don't forget mom this weekend. You're not here without her. And it wouldn't make much sense doing this without you. Bye!